Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast meeting is being held on Aboriginal land, the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and we would like to pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging and their multiple birth parents of children with disabilities. In this week's episode, we're talking about stillborn babies, juvenile arthritis and stuttering. This podcast contains truth, laughter and the occasional F word. So it's not suitable for children. This is your language warning piece. Hello, Mandy. Hello, Kate. Here we are in the pod bar on the same couch. Woo! We're allowed in people's houses. <laughs> Yay, Melbourne. Yay, Melbourne. What a day. Woo. What a day. We have just recorded the snap piece, so you will hear us talk all yes, about you'll hear that us on go Monday. On about it. Yep. So we don't want to go on about it again, but maybe we do. <laughs> Well, just for Auntie Lacey, the weather's beautiful. It's beautiful today. It's a beautiful sunny day. It's like Melbourne's shining down its happiness. Yes, it is. It yes, is. Yes, it's um, just a beautiful spring day. Yep. Coffee shops are open. Oh, oh amazing. Yeah. I was saying to Scholarship this morning, it's pretty funny. I think we're going to have a beautiful cup day and um, no one could go. Ah! <laughs> it often's raining or, Yes, you know, and you see everyone in their the beautiful dresses, dresses and their high heels <laughs> and the hats being blown away. <laughs> anyway, no, funny. this year it's cup day from home. Take that gambling. Yeah, take that. I oh, hate the gambling. I hate it too. Oh. Anyway, I just, I'm happy for a day off. Yes. But anyway, let's not go yeah, there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Anyway. Super, super, super special episode today. I don't know if 
I do. I know that you know peas because you listen to all of our episodes. But when we went to Sydney, I got given a beautiful bottle of wine with um, called Patrick. That was the name of my beautiful father, and it was the name. It's a name of a beautiful baby as well, and his mum. I won't tell you what her um, Zoom name is. <laughs> Because people, she can tell us. She can tell us. What's your Zoom name? Uh, that would be Penetrator. <laughs> Penny Traitor. Penny being my surname, Penny Traitor. I was like, oh, that's a nice name. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Welcome, welcome to the podcast, welcome. Donna. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're so thrilled to have you. We're so thrilled we've got you know that I loved that bottle of wine so much oh, yes just have you drunk most, it yet sort of, I haven't drunk it yet yeah. because I'll tell you why we've been in lockdown and so I wanted to drink it with someone who uh, knew dad yeah so like my brother or whatever so because remember we did the Sydney show and then we went straight into the lockdown yes and then we were only oh, out like the next week and weeks, then we were yeah and we're right. back in so now we can share bottles of wine with yeah. friends. yeah so it's actually on my dressing Happy table days. yes <laughs> I've kept yes. it in my room so. And we read out, Do we read out your letter last year to us? Oh, did you? Yes. I think we did, yes. I think we did, yeah. But anyway, Look, we'll get I've into been, it. I had a baby in March, <laughs> so I've been playing catch-up, so I'm roughly three months behind. Oh, yes, so, of course. Yes, oh, you've got to listen to Oh, you've got to listen to all women. the lockdown stuff. Just <laughs> don't, don't listen to the snap piece. Don't listen to the snap piece. <laughs> just skim through them. It's just hours of us lamenting. <laughs> So, yes. Okay, ask the questions, Kate. All right. So the first question we have is do you have any music or songs or bands that get you through either bad times or good times? Look, I do. Um, and one that's really special is um, an Australian singer, Peter Allen. My mum my mum must have, have had really diverse tastes because I got brought up on musicals. She must have been a gay man at heart. But <laughs> um, she played me a lot of um, Peter Allen and I always loved Tenor Field Sadler. Yes. And for some reason I sung it to my all my kids when I was pregnant with them. Oh. And, um, yes, and we played it at Patrick's funeral and, you know, I've sung it to all my kids and they sort of respond to it. My oh. youngest is seven months and she's a bit of a sooky la-la, so... Oh. <laughs> It sort of works, so that's a really special song. My son doesn't. My middle son doesn't actually know what it's called. He just says "special song." And, and once when it was, um, once when he heard it on the radio with Peter Allen singing, he said, "Why is the man singing?" Your <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Oh, so beautiful. That is a beautiful song. Yeah, it is. It mm. is. Yeah. Mm. Did you win any awards at school? Uh Look, I was a bit of a nerd, so um, I did win some academic awards. Yeah, awards tell us. But I peaked fairly early, and uh, by the time I finished school, no awards for me. <laughs> That's all right. Mandy and I are still um, awardless. We so, are awardless yes. after last Last night was the Australian of the Year. Which we did not no progress awards. through. Because we emailed Donna, we're like, well, if we win, we might have to do media. So I emailed her this morning, we lost. <laughs> I was sure we would be doing this, so it's all good. I know, I know. It's all good. And our last um, question is, why are you a P? Uh, So my son, Patrick, who was my first baby, he died during labour and my placenta wasn't working from about 38 weeks, but he was born at 41, so Mm. he held on a really long time. But, Mm. um, look, had he been born alive, he almost certainly would have had cerebral palsy. and I'm also a P because I've got a I've got three kids now, and my second boy um, was diagnosed with juvenile arthritis at about 18 months, mm. and 
stutters just mm. to keep it interesting mm. during lockdown. So yep. yeah. that's why I'm a P. Yes. yes. So we're going to start at the beginning of Patrick's story. So we will, we will talk about your other beautiful children, but really we wanted to talk to you about Patrick. Yeah. Um, and he's just got the most beautiful name. Um, and so how was your pregnancy with Patrick? Look, I had, I really hate this term, but I had a textbook pregnancy. Yeah. I was, I was probably, I'm pretty much an old duck now, but then I was probably young enough and I just had a really uncomplicated pregnancy and, um, you know, we fell pregnant reasonably quickly and everything was going well. And I was, I was so low risk that I think at the start of my third trimester, I was picked up by the local birth center. Right. Um, so I was looking, you know, I was sort of anticipating having a pretty normal pregnancy. Um, and then in the third trimester, I had a couple of instances of, um, reduced movements. So they took me to hospital, you know, I went to hospital to have that all checked out and, it was fine at the time until, um, like, I got to right to the end with Patrick, which is probably a bit unusual. Like, labour had started by the time he died. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, until until it all went wrong, it was going swimmingly. Mm. And on paper, I was low risk. I probably, you know, you know, we know things clinically now. Mm. Um, I wasn't as low risk on paper as I actually looked. But right. um, yeah, I had a I had a great pregnancy. Mm. Right. So, and pretty lucky so, in that respect. When you say there were moments of low movement, now looking back, do they say that is not textbook or did, are they like that can happen to anybody and just? Um, oh, no, look, probably on reflection, um, you know, that was that was a sign. Mm. Um, but, you know, I, I, the thing was I wasn't naive. I, I actually knew the miscarriage and stillbirth statistics, um, a family friend, had had a stillbirth um, about five years right. prior. Yeah. So I knew these things and yeah. I knew um, sleeping on the side is sort of a mitigate, risk mitigation mm. factor for stillbirth, but it wasn't commonly communicated mm. and that's only five years ago. But I knew that stuff. So right. I didn't I didn't sort of, um, I knew it was important yeah. when Patrick stopped moving to get it checked out. So um, it was it was more the growth side of things. Um, Patrick was showing signs that he wasn't growing, right. and that wasn't investigated and escalated appropriately. So, you know that it. I I sort of had a feeling during my pregnancy, not that not that something would go wrong, but I wasn't um, I wasn't unaware of the risks or right. the stats. Um, so yeah, but probably um, yeah, they were they were signs, and they probably should have been investigated mm. in a different way. Mm. Mm, well, if you can prevent that from happening to somebody else, mm. then that's a real. That's why the message is powerful. You know, absolutely not to torment yourself. And <laughs> yeah, and look, I suppose the the other thing is like you know, it's good to know. Well, no, it's not good. But you got to have a black a bit of black humor about mm. these things. But even in death, like you're tormented with guilt. You yes. know, I, the only thing that I didn't have me um, low risk was I, I've always been a bit chunky and, yeah. uh, but I didn't actually realise how far into the overweight spectrum I was. Right. Um, and so I, I don't even know how it came up. I think they talked about at, you know, at an appointment, like late in the third trimester, you know, you might have to have some injections afterward. And I said, oh, what for? And basically because I was fat oh. and I, I was sort of, oh, gee, you know, no, uh, my midwife, my beautiful midwife, I might add, didn't say that. <laughs> That's my, they're my words. But, um, but I remember saying to her, oh, you know, um, right, 
should I should I try and not put on weight or you know how much weight should I put on or you know how how bad is this and she sort of it was as if you know once I asked a question she crunched some numbers she said okay aim to not put on any more than this which I did yeah um so that was sort of the only way I wasn't textbook risk but of course after the fact like being overweight is a risk factor for placental issues um so you know you beat yourself up about that um but you know look that's actually you know I know plenty of parents plenty um don't know why their kid died and you know or just normal parents you know everyone suffers from guilt so these days you know you just have to get on with it yeah well you don't have a choice no pretty pretty much can you tell us then when you when you were told that Patrick had died yeah, so um, so because I was 41 weeks when he was born, so I went into labour naturally on a Tuesday night, like late on a Tuesday night, and, and you know, my labour sort of got going. I thought we were on track to maybe have a baby on Wednesday and, you know, I was getting contractions were five minutes at home apart and, you know, we were, because we're in the birth centre model, we'd stayed at home and mm-hmm. a midwife came to see us that day at home. Um, so we got down to, you know, contractions being five minutes apart, feeling pretty good. You know, the only issue is, oh, gee, this is going to take a while. So everything was progressing light, nicely. And then by Wednesday afternoon, it all slowed down. And I really started at that point to get this sense of foreboding. Mm. And I remember just being very agitated. My mm. midwife came by, you know, three or four in the afternoon. And I said, no, I think we've got to go in. And she said, well, you know, you're not properly in labor and mm. and which was a totally appropriate thing to say I might add but um I from that point on I just had this sense of foreboding mm. so we stayed home and um by about 10 o'clock that night I was pretty sure those movements had dropped off because mm. that's mm. actually that's actually something funny people don't tell you that your baby's moving all the time even when you're in labor yeah mm. um yeah, so I don't think they do. I don't think it's all about you it. then, isn't it? It's yeah. all about how many contractions yes. you're having and you're probably not, yes, that's true. And you're not well-placed to know no. that. But, like, I always tell people that now spreading the word, you know, no, mm. it's not normal. People say all the time, oh, your baby slows down in preparation for birth. That is not no. the case. And so, um, yeah, so, look, probably by about 10 o'clock that night, we called my midwife and said we're a bit concerned and she she said well you know if you if you're concerned come in and we'll we'll get you checked out and and look probably on reflection we should have but I know Pat died around that time right. and by then and you know I'm jumping ahead but we know now that was far too late anyway um, yeah. but then so we had a really restless night and I just stayed on the couch and you know, contractions were like every seven minutes. I wasn't really sleeping, mm. just sort of in that uh, haze of contractions yes. and watching TV. Um, but I remember about five o'clock on a Thursday morning now, I cut my husband and I said, look, you've got to call um, Anja, midnight wife, we're going in. Um, mm. And he sort of expressed a bit of reluctance and said, oh, no, it's too early. Mm. And I remember, mm. like I knew at this point Pat was gone, I said, look, I've got a dead baby inside me so, wow. and I know that, and I must say, I know that sounds really confronting that I was, I was just, I didn't know. Mm. And I said, so I'm having a shower, you call her or I'm going without you when I come back. And, yep. wow. and look, he looked pretty lively after that. And yes. by the time I came out of the shower, <laughs> he was um, packed and ready to go. And I just, I remember it was like the longest the longest ride to the hospital oh. ever. You know, it was only 20 minutes, but 
I knew and I thought I thought I was doing a good job of keeping it from Bruce. Yep. Um, um, but I wasn't. He says later he knew too. But I just remember this drive took forever and mm. I'm, you know, there were speed bumps in the hospital, hospital yes. car park yes. and there were agony because I'm yes. still contracting all this yeah. time. Yes. Um, so anyway, um, we went in and I remember just thinking, it was the longest walk in. As long as I haven't, someone, no one's told me I'm still pregnant yes. and yes. I can still yes. have a bit of hope. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, and it was probably about seven o'clock by this time, and and um, the midwife got out the Doppler. Um, and look, we would have, would have looked terrible. She had no idea what you know. She was a bit surprised to see us looking so dour. She was in the oh, we're having a baby today mindset, mm. um, and couldn't find couldn't find a heartbeat um so I didn't realize what had happened at the time but she pressed the emergency button over my head and it's a birth center so it's it's really quiet so I suddenly there's you know three people in the room other midwives were trying and then they went to get the um a doctor with a sonographer Mm. or with a sonogram machine um (laughs) and this is funny I, I mean I know I know it doesn't sound funny but the first machine they bought in didn't work so you know they so they, yeah, you're like, really? Yeah. <laughs> really? I know. Yeah. It was just, and, you know, you look back now and and I I just distinctly remember once they got one that worked, they called the obstetrician in and I could, again, it's very quiet, so I could mm. hear her running mm. as she's coming down the hall, but then she slowed her steps so she could walk into the room yeah. and appear, appear calm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. But then just sort of um, got it and I I. You know, I I hadn't had a lot of um, ultrasounds, but I I could tell there was no movement, mm. and they just said, "I'm I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat," oh and um, and yeah, look, it was it was they're the worst words I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Um, and we just my mm. husband was there, and we were just screaming, and mm. um, and you know, the shock, like the clinical symptoms and shock yeah. setting. You know, I it was freezing cold. I think I was sick yes. everywhere. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's down to business because, well, what people, what people don't realize is, um, you know, there's still the business of being born. You're still pregnant and the baby has to come out. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And that's a different delivery. Everyone in the room's aware, you know, it must just. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I haven't lived it, but I can imagine there's like a reverence in the space. Yeah, there definitely was. And, I mean, I, it was, it was perversely, it was actually the, the birth that I'd wanted. I, I did have drugs because not having drugs was about keeping a baby safe. Yeah. Um, so I, I, um, I got hooked up to Sintosin because mm. I still, you know, I'm still in labour at all this point. I'm having contractions every five to seven minutes. Mm. So at that point I needed to, we needed to make some decisions. So mm. I got, um, I think I had an epidural, yeah, I had an epidural. Um, yep. And then once we'd sort of made some plans, I got hooked up to the Sintosin drip and things got going a bit more quickly, but he mm. still wasn't born till 8.30 that night. Oh, so. what a long day. Which it was a long day. Um mm. Yeah, so then just a long day of making decisions and yeah. you know, very quickly you've got to you've got to sort of you know, people are coming to see you mm. and you've got to make plans for what will happen after the baby's born, you know. I I don't remember. I was still 
in shock and mm. not just actually shocked but the clinical term yes. um you know people come people coming to talk to me and luckily um our hospital in Canberra has um the main hospital has a dedicated bereavement midwife so I didn't realize who she was at the time but her unhappy job um is to come and see people like me wow um and sort of guide them through do you consent to an autopsy and what would that oh, look good, like no. and what might that tell you and so you know we had some of those discussions and while then, you were still in labor while you're then, in labor yeah yeah oh my <laughs> so, goodness oh boy I just yeah there's I hadn't thought about it and yeah well and I uh, and I and I might say I'm not I'm not critical of any of no, these no. things because they had to it's actually we're lucky that we got offered an autopsy and because a lot of people don't and oh, we got okay. answers. Um, yep. So, um, but these decisions have to be made. They're time critical. Yes. And, um, yeah. And, I, it, yeah, I guess it, if you provide a sense of certainty of what's going to happen mm. um, because, you know, then, then I had midwives talk to me about, okay, well, you know, this baby um, might look different you know mm. they might be discolored or they mm. might have torn skin um you know and just to prepare you emotionally mm. for what that might look like um but it's you know it's 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 good to have those discussions mm. and you're just operating on autopilot and, yes and at some point you've got to turn to your mind to well I've got to call a funeral home and um mm. uh, you know all these sort of things um, but I, you know, again, I, I think I'm really lucky that we, our hospital have this resource because mm. this is something, you know, Canberra might have 50 to 60 stillbirths a year. That's one a week. This person's coming and seeing yeah. women like me, um, every, every week. Mm, that's so, amazing. Yeah. Tell us about his birth if you can. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, it was sort of the birth I was after apart from the, apart from the epidural, I had a, I had a natural labor, um, and my epidural didn't work great, but it mm. took it allowed me to sort of just have a bit of a rest before we got down to the business. Mm. Um, so you know, so there was about seven o'clock in the morning we found out Pat was gone, and then um, you know, long day of decision. But by about twelve, I think we got the syntocin drip in, and then had a quieter afternoon and just sort of tried to conserve resources, um, tried to rest, but, you know, had some visitors in that time. But then by the time he was born, it was just my mum and my husband. Um, and I felt really terrible because I'd said to mum before we knew Pat was gone, oh, you know, when when he's born, no, we, we just want it to be my husband when I'm in the room. Mm. And so mum had remembered that and sort of honoured that wish so she'd been with me the whole time I was in labour but then just sort of silently slipped out before um, Pat was born and I felt terrible about that because she was just waiting in the hall on her own you know and what a and mum and oh she I I felt I've always felt terrible about that it's it's a little thing but that would yeah she was she she thought she was doing the right thing by honouring what we'd said before um but yeah, he just sort of. Um, I had no hope that he that he'd be born alive because I knew he was gone. But I think my mum and Belle did harbour yeah. some hope. So when he was born, and the room's just silent, mm. like there's nothing, mm. there's nothing. And I I think the spell of shock didn't really break until I saw him and they put him on my chest. Yeah. And again, that was the sort of birth that I wanted. I wanted yes. to deliver yeah. him myself, and I wanted him straight on my chest. And yes. 
So they were able to give me that, which I think was, I was lucky because I had midwifery-led care and um, yeah. I don't think there was an obstetrician in the room all day apart from, yep. yeah. you know, coming and talking to me yep. in a clinical way about stillbirth. Um, yep. So I got the birth that I had hoped that I'd get to have. Um, yep. It was just not the outcome. But um, And did but you yeah, know was, that he was a baby boy when you were pregnant? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, we we decided to find out. Um, I we'd only ever talked about having one kid, and now we've got three. Yeah. Um, so I'd always see myself with one in, you know, having one kid and having a girl. Okay. So I'd, I had this little bit of a preference. So of course, when he was he died and he was a boy, I felt guilty. Yeah. That, that's silly. Um, but. I remember at the time he was born because it's silent and, I, you know, I, again, I had an all birth in the sense that I called out, is, it, is he a boy, is he a boy? And oh. my midwife was a bit distracted cleaning him and, uh, yes, yes, he is, he's what you thought he was. Um, and, yeah, he was absolutely beautiful. I wouldn't, oh. I mean, I hope my other kids don't listen to this, but he's the most beautiful baby I've ever had. Oh, <laughs> yes. 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 No, they will understand that. Yes. Can you yeah, talk us through much, yeah. through afterwards? You got to cuddle him. Yeah. So what, are the, what are the things I that did, you I ha- got to do? So they, this was sort of part of the preparation. Um, they talked to us about things that we could do with our baby, um, bathe him, and um, you know, dress him. So we did we did some of that. So um, you know, he was born about eight thirty on a Thursday. Um, Five years tomorrow, funnily enough. Yes. And, um, and so we, my mum and dad had been, so mum was there when I was labouring, but my dad and brother came back to the hospital. They'd been there in and off, on and off through the day. Mm. Um, and they all met him and cuddled him. Yeah. Um, and that was that was really beautiful. And um, we, we took some photos and then, yeah. then it was just Bruce and I and um, we, I sung him Tenderfield Sadler mm. um, and Bruce reckons for the first time in my life I didn't sound like um, cats were screeching. Oh. I managed a good rendition for Pat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course. Um, it was lovely. And Bruce, Bruce told him the story about how we had met and oh. um, then we just, you know, we just, we were just, like any other new parents, just reveling in this beautiful baby, yes. not quite believing that we'd made him. Yes. Um, and just cuddling him. And then I think it was just a bit too much for Bruce um, in terms of bathing him. Um, because, you know, again, I don't mean for this to sound harsh, but Pat looked dead and it, yes. was, it was very hard to see him deteriorate yes. quickly. Yes. But I gave him a bath. Um, mm, my beautiful baby. midwife helped, yeah. helped me give him a bath. And then we dressed him and um, we took him into our room. By this stage, we were in a labour suite, but we'd been moved back to um, the birth centre to spend the night. And then um, then I wanted him to stay with us and we had a little crib there. But um, we since found out there's um, at the hospital at the time, there would have been something called a cuddle cot. And yes. I'm not sure if you know what yes. they are. Yes, but, but so explain them to our listeners. Yes. Yeah, so they're little. They're essentially little cribs, but they've got a cooling system and mat there, so you can have your baby with you. Um, but um, 
you know, they, they're preserved and it enables you to spend a bit more time. Yes. Um, so there were kind of hospital that we were at at the time that um, we weren't offered one and on reflection it's probably because it was on in use by another yeah. family, which is very yes. sad. Yes, um, okay. So we didn't have one and they, I remember the midwife sort of said to me, look, when you're, when you're finished, put him back in this crib that cover his face with the sheet and no. I just couldn't no. bear that no. thought. It's just so... Why do I you think she said that? Why, why did she say that? Do you think? Well, what's the well, reason? it would have. Um, he was deteriorating yes, um, yes. in the air, so it would have just protected him a bit more. Right, right. Um, right. But I just couldn't stand the thought of him. No, you know, being absolutely covered, not. covered by no, sheep. No, no, no. no. So, and she wasn't being. No, you know, no, no. She just wanted to help us out. Um, yes. So he was taken away, and had I known he was taken away to a, being taken away to. A, uh, be put in the fridge in the morgue. Um, I probably wouldn't have agreed to that because mm. when he came back to us the next it's day, cold. he was cold. Oh. And, um, yeah, I, I just wasn't prepared for that. I didn't think of that. Well, um, you don't know. Well, yeah. No. How do you know? Yeah, it's it's yeah. You, all these things you don't know, but no. um, yeah. So then the next day we got a few hours sleep and and you know all the normal things are happening post birth. I'm contracting, of course. Um, you know to make the uterus go back and yes. um, the breasts are starting to yes. um, firm up. And um, so the next day we um, we had contacted an organisation called Heartfelt. Heartfelt, and, um, yeah. They, them, um, they found it. They started in Melbourne where you guys are. Yes, um, we and know they it. take photos. Mm. They come into hospitals. You guys probably know them. We do. They yep. take photos of um, stillborn and terminally ill kids. Mm. Yes. So um, a Heartfelt photographer came in and I – always remember this like they're amazing we fundraise for them since yeah. they're just oh they're just amazing yeah um I called Heartfelt at about 8 30 in the morning and then they called me back within an hour I said yep a photographer will be coming about half past 11 and so about 11 I got a call from the photographer and she was so apologetic she said oh look I've just been caught up I'll I'll come in um in half an hour I'm so sorry oh that's all right I found out later she got the call. She was in a place near Canberra that's about three hours away. So she'd gotten up, had a normal day, got a call, got in her car, drove three hours. She looked like she was in business attire. So I thought she was, you know, an office worker from mm. Canberra, came and took photos with us and then went back and edited them and, I mean, just amazing people. Beautiful, beautiful people. I think when something in your life happens that's tragic and this was tragic, you meet the most beautiful people. Yes, yes, you do. Mm, so, so. I mean, yeah, just enveloped by kindness. Um, yes. Enveloped. Um, anyway, so I couldn't, by this point, I was fine post-birth, you know, just the usual post-birth stuff. So we elected to go home after that because we're in the birth centre. Yes. What's that like? You know, well, you, you know, crying babies. Yes. And that's, the birth centre's quiet in comparison. Yes, yes. Um, And I... I always remember, you know, the birth centre set up is such that you've got your room, but then a communal little kitchen tea making mm. station. I remember being getting a cup of tea in the early hours of the morning and there was only other one family in there, but they wandered out with their baby and mm. I just I just couldn't. No. Yes. You know, I couldn't stay in the hospital and that was the same of for Of course. So mm. we went home. Yes. Yeah, you have so, to be home. Yeah. And was that when you yes. uh, is that when you said goodbye to Patrick or had you already said goodbye to him? 
we we had him um, in the morning for the photos and then we took a bit of time by ourselves and with mum um, and then Bruce's um, parents had come at some point in the morning and um, then we said goodbye and left in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And um, the my poor dad, he <laughs> I'd um, just said to him, you just make sure make that car seat disappear so yes oh went had to pull the car seat out of the car and um oh that makes me want to cry yeah (laughs) i mean i yeah everybody not leaving with a baby but i got to go back yes so i don't know yes i don't know yes Mm, that's really I just remember driving away from that hospital and just wanting to scream mm. and, oh. you know, how, how do people, you guys have talked about that feeling leaving your hospital with your babies, just how, what is wrong with this world that keeps on turning when my babies are in there? Yes. Mm. Well, it's wrong. Yes. How did you endure it? Uh, you just you just do. Mm. <laughs> you know, there's no, like, you just, uh, uh, yeah, I you just, you just it, it seems really perverse that your heart keeps beating yes. as this happens. Yes. Mm. Um, and then you notice it. And I just didn't. Yes. Mm. Yes. And I just thought it was, you know, for a time there, it was, you know, I didn't want to be here. Yes, um, I bet. Because it, it was too too much. Too and we painful. drove straight from the hospital. And I was just in still in activity mode. I knew we had to talk to the funeral home. So we drove straight from the hospital to there. Mm. And, um, made those arrangements and then went home and um yeah and that was that was it you just it, it was we wish we hadn't left so early because I wish I had more time with Pat because mm. I now with the benefit of hindsight I would have taken him outside I would have taken him home probably yeah. I would have, you know take him into the moonlight and the sunlight mm. and just yeah I, I I would have done things differently but you just do what you do at the time yes put, yeah yeah and you there's nobody else. You can't ring someone and say, what did you do? You know, which is what women do. Right? Oh. We say, what did it feel like when you're in labour? What did it feel like if you had an episiotomy? What did it feel like when you tore? All those questions. Yeah. Well, who do you turn yes, to when absolutely. your story is so different? Yes. So, you know, that's why it's so important to tell them because yes, it happens absolutely. to so many beautiful babies and women. How did you handle? Six a day, by the way. Six, Six a, a day. day. In Australia. In Australia. That's yep. a lot of babies. How did you handle communicating with people? Mm. I, I think I made five calls and they're all dreadful. The first was to my mum mm. and then she just took, she told, yep. you know, um, my aunt who's who I'm very close to and she told the extended family and then I think Bruce would have told his parents and then I called four girlfriends mm. who, you know, could, sort of spread the news mm. amongst our friendship group and all the conversations went the same. So mm. they're all, like my immediate family knew what was happening, but I got this bright bubbly hello from my friends yeah. because they're expecting the me to call. Yeah, and I said, and I remember it, I laugh at it now, but it went the same with everyone. I sort of said, oh, are you at work? And, yep, yeah, oh, can you step away, go into a kitchen, go in an office oh, or something? that was kind of you. And they all just said, they all just said, "Oh God," and yeah. and then and then I told them, and then I think I think I might have said it on Facebook because uh, a lot of people, you know, when you do, yes. people ask, yes. "Oh, when's the baby?" And yes. I just knew it was the most quick and yes. easy yes, way it to is. stop that. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Mm. 
Yeah, so I didn't have to do too much of that, but I remember those calls because they were all bloody brutal. I bet yes. they were. Did a lot of your friends have babies at the time or were you the first or? I think probably um, I knew people who I, I was, um, people were a couple of years ahead of me, so they had young kids yes. or I was the first of my yes. best mates yes. to have babies. So that was sort of um, a blessing in mm. that respect. Yeah, you didn't have I to think. go to their houses and see little babies all mm. the time. Mm. Yes, that's right. Mm. So I still can't see little baby. I mean, I don't hold, I made an exception for my best girlfriend. Yeah, um, but I don't. I don't hold babies. No, no. I, I was the same. And that's it. And, and yeah, you it don't took have me to. A very long time. No, you don't. No, have you to. don't. No, no, that's don't. right. And when your last memory was your beautiful baby, that's what that that's the last baby you want to hold. That's the only baby you want to hold. Yeah, I would think. Did you that's have right. Did you have the nursery set up? Did you have to dismantle that? Did you leave it for a while? How did you handle that? Yeah, yeah, we had um, offers from people to do that for us, but um, that seemed, it almost seemed laughable. And to be fair, you know, the person who offered, um, I didn't have a great relationship with, yeah. um, but uh, like we just shut the door. Yes. Um, and I think I probably put it what, away. They came to your door and I'm, said, No, oh. no, she shut the door of the nursery. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant like <laughs> someone's at the door, I'm coming to do it for you. No. <laughs> I shut the door on some friends, like physically did, yep. yeah, at the diagnosis time. Yep. So mm. I was picturing that. <laughs> Sorry. Look, it, it's funny you should say that because the people who offered, I probably would have. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, no, we just shut the door, and I knew I'd have to deal with it at some point. But also, you know, we, oh, we didn't, um, we didn't ever talk about it, but. I suppose we both knew at some point we'd try to have another baby yeah. and yes. I'm practical and I I thought I'll put it away so I don't have to see it. Um, mm. But we hadn't decorated. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not good with that sort of stuff. So yep. we had baby gear there but yeah, okay. no cute pictures or anything, which yeah. is probably good. Yeah, yes. yeah. So yes. it probably was good. Yeah. But it's yes. still, I don't know, He he's still a beautiful person that came into the world. So if you had a bedroom set up for him, that's okay. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's. I don't know, is it horrible to see it or is it beautiful because you get to remember that he he lived, he was a, he was part of you, you know. He did have a beautiful heartbeat and he grew till he was nine months old. So That's I right. Don't know. I and he's and it, I, we got to do a little bit of that. Like he, um, I've kept his outfit that he wore um, yes. and he had a beautiful blanket and the like that, um, that I put a jumper on him. And my other two kids have worn it. So mm. I got a little bit of that, you know, got yep. to, I don't have a photo of it, but I know he wore it. Yes. Um, yeah. So the, the things that are passed on. Yes. And we joke with my um, second son, like, poor bugger, everything was a hand-me-down. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you can't get too too big for your boots when that happens. Mm. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Tell us about preparing for the funeral. Uh, that was um I think we were we were pretty good up to that point because once you have something to you just focus on yes yes from the other so we went to a, a bar nearby or something and wrote a, a eulogy for him mm. so I, I hope we didn't drive actually now I think of it <laughs> but that's okay but um we won't tell anyone yeah we'll just <laughs> no one listens so to we did this. that um <laughs> we um we chose some songs um we had flame trees and tenerfield oh. sadler um and another another beautiful song 
and um, my parents and um, Bruce's parents wrote a letter to him and um, mm. you know we had a we always like to say he had a good for a kid that never drew breath he had a bloody good turnout yes. Yes. it wasn't a spare seat oh, um, that's so it, important isn't it but I just it is well it, it's a it was a good send-off by any measure yes. but um, especially for you know a little kid that never opened his eyes but yeah. um, it was a beautiful service but I don't know if Bruce felt the same way but I just I knew once that was over, mm. that was it. Real life would press down on us, yeah. which it did. Yeah. So I remember looking around thinking, I don't want this to be over. Yes. Yeah, this is just wrapped up with love. Yes. yes. And everyone's um, going back to their normal lives and they're just going to go back and cook tea yeah. and put their kids mm. to bed. And mm. yeah. That's exactly right. So. And we, did you have maternity leave? I did. Mm. And um, thank goodness um, I get on my soapbooks about about this but um it's not it's not um this legislation um before the parliament now to change that to give certainty to that but that's not the case for everyone i'm oh. i'm a public servant yeah. in my day job um so i i'm very lucky to have good employment yes. conditions so i took my um i had 14 weeks of paid maternity leave mm. fully paid um so i'm very lucky i took that at full pay and then i took a couple of weeks holiday but i also would have been entitled to the 18 weeks um, yes. government parental leave, yep. um, but I elected not to take that. But yep. it's, um, you know, some people in private, the private sector, for example, or self-employed, obviously, mm. there's no certainty of that no. for stillborn parents. No, and, you, you know, really you, you, need that You're legislatively time. required to to register a baby's birth. You've, consi- you know, given birth Yes. with all the medical stuff that, that you know, um, ah mean so um yeah I was pretty lucky mm, well not lucky that's what should happen yeah that is yes, what should other happen. people that's are right. unlucky if that doesn't happen so what were those days right. like after the funeral yeah just home by yourself could you sleep could you eat what what, what was how did you get through look them? I'm pretty good on the fangs so um <laughs> I it takes a lot to stop me eating yeah. um but it, it was the only time in my life I I yeah I wasn't eating well and or regularly and um I wasn't sleeping well um no so no it was it was horrible times we took off um because we didn't have other children at the time we took off to the Hunter Valley Bruce and I and we just had a bit of time together um but yeah then we wanted to I wanted to be home we were talking about overseas travel just to run away yes but I just we just couldn't be too far from home so um, we did that and then Bruce also was lucky he had his parental leave but about the six or six-week mark it was like, well, you know, got to go back to work, which for him, um, which was right for him. Yeah. And I remember it being really lonely and awful then. Yes. I was just banging out the house. Yes. Um, but then probably by the time mid-January rolled around, Pat was born at the end of October, I was probably ready to go back um, yep. because I, I needed to do something. I yes. was I was trying to, because I knew I was, I knew by that point what had happened to Pat and I felt this tremendous amount of guilt for being overweight, saying mm. so I was flogging myself exercise-wise and, mm. you know, you can only run so much every day. So yes. I thought, yes. I'll best get back to work. Did you talk so. to someone, like a grief counsellor or? We did. We did. We um, we were supported. Um, we Red Nose, um, yep. we were yes. referred to Red Nose, yes. formerly Sids and Kids. Or, yep. Um, and they were great. I mean, um, we've, you know, fundraised for them and do a lot with them now. 
um, because they're just amazing. So we mm. had a grief council. We had a few sessions together, I think, and then on our own. Um, but then privately we saw um, a grief counsellor. Yeah. And, yeah, look, that was probably me pushing that because I was I was mindful of the impact to our relationship too. Yes. The, you know, people surviving kid child loss, the stats for marriages surviving aren't great. Yeah, and I, knew I can that. imagine. Yeah. So, which we took a preemptive strike there, which was good. And mm. um, actually, Bruce got a lot of that, a lot of out of that counselor because they just clicked. She was, oh, thank goodness, um, a really good fit for him. So, do you, knowing those stats, but, did that um, help you? Because just in the multiple birth and disability yep. world, those stats helped me because yep. I could say oh, yes. it, it's really, really this, hard. Yeah, it's this really is hard. really hard for a reason. Yes. Yeah. So it it did help. Yeah. You. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. And I remember thinking. I don't know if it was the same for you respectively, but I remember thinking I'm not going to let this baby that we love so much be mm. the reason that we're not together yes. anymore. Mm. So, yeah. you know, we're good because of him, not in spite of him. Yes, yes. That's brave. Mm, it is. Mm. So, and when when you knew that baby Pat wasn't alive, did the hospital believe you that you knew? Um. I think they probably, and I don't mean this in a callous way, I think they probably don't care. Like they're, okay. they're clinicians, they're focused on on that, yeah. on the clinical side of things. Um, so, uh, um, you know, we've, do, we've done a lot of advocacy work in this space now and um, I'm on a board of a, um, for Still Aware, which is a stillbirth awareness and prevention charity mm. and... Um, one thing that we talk about endlessly with um, clinicians and um, expectant parents is the mother's intuition mm, and yes. parents. I, sh- I should say parents, but I think in this instance, it's I think it's mostly mother, mother, yes. A mother. Mm. Um, it's powerful. And um, clinicians, I think, if I could generalise, yes. might um, midwives are more inclined to listen to a, yes. a parent. And I, I know with subsequent parent pregnancies, midwives would change the conversation do you feel reassured after we've done xyz and if i said no they'd keep going um so i think that it's you know took our experience with pat to make that happen so but i I think think they and i've got another girlfriend who um who lost her firstborn two weeks after pat and we've since become beautiful friends yeah and we brought her boys together the next year at the same time oh, um, wow. so it's very special but she was young and she's a lot younger than me um but no one ever took her seriously and she had this sense of foreboding the whole time she oh. just and no one took her seriously because she's young and healthy and, right yeah I know um it's not the same when I went to my first I had a real sense of foreboding with the boys like really really big sense of foreboding I thought something is different it was my fourth and fifth pregnancy obviously or fourth pregnancy and then when I told my obstetrician, he said, I never ignore that anymore. Mm. He's like, I have never once had a woman that's had something and it hasn't been for a reason. Mm. So that's that's great to hear. I hope that I hope more people take that. I lesson. know, because I think that people think we're being drama queens and oh, yes. we're not. A sense of foreboding is not just it, that's not like oh, I'm scared something could go wrong. It's actually a feeling that it is wrong. Yes. Yes, that's. And it, that's a really important distinction. It is, mm. it is different. Mm. And I remember, and I don't talk about this terribly often, but about two weeks before Pat was born, I was bouncing around on the yoga ball at home, mm. just trying to kick myself into labour. 
And I remember reading about a woman who'd had a stillbirth at term um, in the States and her story had gone viral. And I was 39 weeks and I, I just remember thinking, see, I'm not paranoid. This can happen even yeah. at this late stage. And then my thoughts wondered, I don't know how, but I, I sort of had this sense that, oh, that was going to happen to me and what would I play at a baby's funeral? And wow. then I felt terribly guilty. I'm terribly wicked having these thoughts. But, yeah. you know, I don't. I always wonder, was it my body trying to tell me something? So it is, it is powerful. And I'm not alone in having those no, feelings. No, so. no, you're not. And the only people that ignore you and all respect, but it's men yeah. because they yep. haven't carried a baby. That's right. And I know that's unfortunate for them because it's an amazing thing and I think of all the mums who are listening who haven't brought home a beautiful baby um I know that this is painful to hear um but I think when you've had a baby and you it's lived within you you know when something's not right mm. yeah definitely mm. hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You said you had your next baby the next year. Is that right? Yeah. Tell us all about that. um, And I I acknowledge that I'm incredibly lucky because, um, you know, not everyone gets to have a baby after they lose one or at all. So, um, but we always say here's our happiest accident. Um, But they had the same due date a year apart. Um, So we we couldn't have done that if we tried. No, Um, you couldn't have. No. So we weren't, we weren't really in that space, but, um, you know, that, it just happened and you just got to mm. get on board. Mm. Um, but it, what it meant in practical terms was all those milestones lined up. So yes. we're having a 20-week scan at the same time. Oh, and wow. Yeah. So, look, it was, um, it, was not the, it was not what we were prepared for, but um, we're very grateful that yeah. it happened for us that way. Mm. Yes. Yeah. How did you – did yeah. you choose the same midwife care and everything? Was things different or – so um, I would have never been considered low risk again. So yeah. the birth centre was out, but I probably had a swing. I used to teach yoga and was a bit crunchy, yeah. not not in a you know crunchy crunchy way, but yeah. I was a bit <laughs> in that way inclined. But I just had a total one eighty, and so it was medical intervention all the way. Yeah. I wanted, I yes. wanted nothing. Every um, monitoring crunchy. possible. I wanted all doctors. Yep. Yes. Yep. You're preaching exactly. to the choir. Yes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we, but, so we didn't have, um, obstetrics cover and private, had we, we probably would have done that, but we were entitled to, um, the fetal medicine unit in Canberra's, um, care and it was, um, it was phenomenal. Like I can't, that's where, that's where that midwife I spoke about before. Yeah. Yeah. 
they're just um yeah so we had um they picked me up on the books from about my dating scan at six weeks and they right. carried me through to um his induction early and um you know I was having fortnightly appointments mostly and yeah. I think this baby was a surveilled baby <laughs> in Canberra that year so yes yeah. and so yeah did they induce you early they did, yeah. Yep. So I, um, I, I think I, um, I think I mentioned to you guys. I was really naive about preterm birth. I wanted that baby out, probably from twenty eight weeks, yes. which was yeah. on reflection. Now I know better. Now yep. I know better. A ridiculous thing, and no one was ever, thankfully, going to indulge that whim <laughs> of mine. Yeah, but I understand. Oh, I understand that too. Of yeah, because then it was someone else's yeah. job to keep yes. him alive, not yours. Yes, and that's. Mm. And Kate, that's exactly what it was. I thought, mm. well, I don't have to, you know, I wouldn't sleep because I'd be monitoring movements. Yes. yes. So I thought, oh, God, I just want to stuff that out. Once they're here, yes. someone else's job, yes. much better yes. qualified me on the job. Mm. So, um, yeah, so he was, I think we were negotiating, negotiating, and we settled on, I think I was 37 and two or three or something, that they wanted me to get, um, they wanted me to go a bit longer, but, you know, the walls were falling down, yes. so um, that was the compromise. Yes, mm. no, and he didn't enough. need help to breathe. They had everyone there ready to go, but he didn't need help to breathe. But he probably, you know, when I look back now, having had a baby that was baked a bit more, probably that's why he was never a great feeder and all that mm. sort of stuff. Um, but he can have a life. Yep. And my mum, um, my mum gave me crap. Like she waited <laughs> till the next day, but. He was apparently screaming in theatre because I had a C-section. Yeah. Um, and I'm just there screaming equally loud, is he alive, is yes. he alive? And yeah. mum said to me the next day, for God's sake, how many babies did you think were in theatre with you? You know. <laughs> but, um, you need I someone just, to I say it though. Yes, it. of course. Need- and no one was no one was acknowledging me because, you know, I'm bleeding out. And, well, just, you know, the, yeah. the midwives were with the paediatrician. Yeah. I remember screaming for the outgars and they were ignoring me. Yes. 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 It's very, and it's very yes. medical, Caesar. Your head yes. is exposed, but the rest of your body is someone else is yes. looking after and they don't really talk to the head. Yeah. <laughs> they don't. And you can't feel your body. It's no. just so weird. So, yeah. So why did you have a caesarean? Was that a choice or? No. If it had been a choice, I would have been, sign me up, baby. But um, <laughs> no, it wasn't. And and they made an excellent point on reflection. You know, I'd, I'd had a uh, vaginal birth with Pat, so yeah. I could do it again. But I I had an induction and I, I was there for two days and it just wasn't working. And yep. thankfully we had a lovely obstetrician who came in. He was the um, – he just came in and said, nope, this baby's stuck and um, they're not coming out. And then he – that he had a private power with um, Bruce in the hallway, which I was cranky about at first because, you know, it's about me. Not yes. Him. But he said – even if we can get her into labour, she's run out of steam. Like, but yeah, coming yeah. on top of weeks of and a year of you know, grief. Stress yeah. And, yes. Yeah. So, and that was a good call. And he was stuck. He still needed to be forced out. Wow. Uh, even with a Caesar, so he was proper stuck. So. <laughs> he liked Goodness. it in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. That's and, right. And what did that feel like? Cuddling yeah, him. Yeah. What did it feel like? Um, it was wonderful, but I was probably a bit numb to it. Yes. Um, you know, I didn't believe it, and and I, you know, I had I had postnatal anxiety. It was no, it was awful, and that probably I probably didn't really didn't really kick in. You were probably what shocked again. Yes, yes, and 
then I was conscious of crikey now he's here now it is my job to keep him alive and you know I don't know what to do with the baby no. so. yes but um it was it was wonderful hearing him cry and I just mm. I didn't sleep very much because I just I'd check he was breathing all of the course. time and, you know. yeah of course <laughs> yes yes and he didn't look like Patrick except when he was sleeping, mm. um, which is obvious. But yes. So that gave me a bit of anxiety till I grew out of it. And yeah. once he put on a bit of weight, he looked different. So yes. Yeah. Yes. And what were their weights born? Uh, so Pat was three kilos, yeah. um, which is good weight, but um, like the um, growth trajectory he should have followed he should have been more like 3.2 3.5 we're not we're not um I might be a bit chunky but we're not big people no, so he yeah. was we had average babies and um the second one who was born around the same gestation was about the same I think he was 10 grams lighter so right you know not much in it so yeah. just average little babies yeah yeah and did you attempt breastfeeding what did you do feeding wise I did I did. Um, my mum had had trouble breastfeeding, so I sort of had an inkling it would go that way with me, and um, it did. And um, look, I was feeding and feeding, and he he was quite badly jaundiced, and we didn't throw that off for weeks and weeks. And it, thank God, we had a sensible match nurse who sort of said at one point we looked a bit bedraggled coming in at the <laughs> three week mark, and I don't think he'd um I don't think he'd regained his birth weight, which I'm surprised no one was more onto. But yeah. Um, anyway, they sort of said, oh, you've got three choices here. One is I'm going to call the Tresillian Hospital. It wasn't Tresillian then, but um, I'm going to get you in. We could keep doing what we're doing and keep trying or we could try something else. But she couldn't actually say formula. No, she wanted to say the word, are they? Yeah. I know. And, like, you know, you if I'd been in my right mind, I would have said, well, for God's sake, this is silly, but you're not in, you're just. No, you're not. You know. Um, you're vulnerable. So yes, I, you are you vulnerable. you had a little extra dollop of vulnerability yeah, because massive. you didn't get your first baby in that yeah. position of learning how to breastfeed. So you needed yeah. extra care. So, um, look, I said, look, try formula. So we did. And um, she also got me into the hospital. But I think by that stage it was weeks and weeks, seven or eight weeks, and I probably missed the boat. I started yeah. drugs to stimulate it. But, look, third time around I started drugs straight away. I was on the pump all the time. And I still, with my third one, I've had to supplement, um, but mostly breastfed. Oh. So it was it was just hard. And I persevered. I think I still fed him till like, 10 or 11 months, but he was mostly having bottles. But, wow. You know, and I, every, he's pretty every happy breastfed now, baby's so. breastfed. Uh, that's right. He was mm. breastfed. It was well, breastfed. congratulations. Yeah, that's a huge it's effort. It's a big effort. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, and it's a big mind <laughs> yes. game. Yes, it was. And how does it go? And I, um, but I think I felt I owed him that. I Did know. you? Mm. Yeah. yeah. How do you, I don't know if there's an answer to this, but how do you grieve simultaneous to celebrating a new life? Like how does that work? Around his anniversary? Yeah, and even like having a baby. Yeah. Yes. And Yeah. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't know. Like for for everyone, I think grief sits mm. right alongside the joy, and I, I felt very conflicted that first year where it was I had a three week old baby at his first birthday, mm. and I remember feeling particularly conflicted there. Mm. Um, but but people don't people don't realise like when I look around at my family, I see what should be five heads, yes, 
sport. People think that we're a perfect nuclear family and people say, oh, pigeon pair. Yeah. I am still constantly missing that other one. Yes. And I I just parent Pat in different ways now. We do stuff, um, you know, for him and do a bit of charity stuff. Yeah. What are the things? How do you celebrate him? What are the things you do? So, um, uh, you know, with our with our family, we do birthday parties um, for him. Um, we drink Patrick wine yeah. a lot. Um, <laughs> Good. We're probably Patrick's best customers. <laughs> um, but again, he really is part of the family. Yes, we talk yes. about the three kids, and we say, "Oh, Pat, you know, Pat would have been doing this, or yes. poor Pat, he would have been, you know." pinched by his baby sister these days and um like I yeah and you know the the stuff we do like I I work for Still Aware and um I'm starting to do some work for Red Nose Mm. um so that's how we you know he's part of our daily lives yeah we we think every day yes yeah of course oh how can you not you can't yeah that's right he's your child so yeah And the other children then get to grow up knowing that they have an older brother, yeah. you know, that he's part of their family. They do. And we've seen yes. the generations before us that didn't do it. That's right. You know, I remember working, I used to be a nurse and I'd work in care and you'd work with a um, beautiful, you know, 90-year-old woman and they would break down in tears and tell you the story of the baby that died that they were never allowed to tell anyone about. You know, that trauma yep. stays forever. Yes. Um, so we should always talk about it. Absolutely. My grandmother had um, stillborn twin boys, um, actually, which is something my mum found out about that when she was pregnant with me. Right. Mum was just running through the questions that the midwife had asked her and, oh, you know, asked if there's a history of twins in the family. And my grandmother said, well, what did you say? And my mum said, well, I said no. And Mm. that's when my mum found out. Wow. Um, And it was just, and they were, they would have been, they would have been close to term for twins, oh, I understand. Yes, um, yes. But you know, again, she wouldn't have she wouldn't have talked a lot about no. it. She had a she had a conversation with mum before she died about it. Um, but yeah, like it just they would have been taken away. They were buried the next day at yeah, a cemetery. Yes, my gra- my grandma had grave. a stillborn it's... baby too before my dad, who's a twin. Mm. And um, she yeah. said she yeah she didn't see the baby. No. But at her funeral, which was probably, I don't know, I can't remember now how many years ago, um, they spoke about the baby and said she wanted everybody to know that she had a baby before the twins. Yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah and you go through, how those women just, survived it. I don't know either. They just had oh, to be tough know. and make dinner and... Yes, just get home and get on with it. Yes. Just, oh. Yep. No. I, do, right. I can't fathom it. You just... No. Yeah, just... And my grandmother would have come home to three babies and yeah. just pick up right where you left off. Yes, yes. my goodness. And I don't know, I, I would like to think that other women sort of, you know. Rallied around. Rallied around and said, we love you. But I don't I even know so. how much they told of their story. Yeah. Like it just wasn't discussed. So whoever decided that women couldn't tell stories, <laughs> you're paying for it now because it's, it's all we're doing. Close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. Tell us about your second son and then the journey to his diagnosis. So he was um, he was healthy baby, which we're very lucky about. Oh, lucky! Um, and about eighteen months 
old. He was um, he was at daycare by that point, and I just got a call at work, and um, they just said, "Oh, um, he can't walk." Oh. He woke up from his nap and scooted out from his on his bottom. He was happy happy as, um, but couldn't walk, and so and. I suppose the legacy of Pat, I yes. think, you know, oh common cold's going to kill my children. Yes. So yes. I'm, all systems go. So we went and picked him up and I think we took him to the hospital that day and it was the knee was quite swollen. Um, he was able to walk by that point. The knee was quite swollen. They said, oh, look, you know, they had, I think they x-rayed it. It must have been, um, must have fallen down, keep an eye on it, come back. So about two weeks later, it was home on a Saturday, happened again and we took him not to the kids' hospital, which is the main one, just thinking, oh, this is going to be a waste of time. He's mm. probably fallen over again. But they sent us straight to the kids' hospital, which sort of raised a few red flags yeah. for me. And then then that was like Saturday morning and then he was in surgery late, late Saturday night. Um, so it's sort of um, – I, I don't know how the day escalated, but they're obviously thinking – bad stuff because I remember at one point bailing up a doctor I said for god's sake just tell me what you're doing I looked at the I said what what pathology you know mm, are you taking mm. and they said something about I must have known what the term was for white blood cells I yes. said are you thinking he's got leukemia yes and I said well that's one of the things that we're thinking of and oh, you know but it's not goodness. likely but they just didn't really tell me about it but they were thinking it was um a septic arthritis which would have been you know life-threatening yes. so um so yeah, like so, eighteen months old, we went from nothing to he's having surgery. So they aspirated the knee wow. and um, took all the fluid out. And um, at that point, they thought it was um, septic arthritis or joint infections or bone infections. So we stayed in hospital for a week and a half, and he was on a IV the whole time. And that that's um, hard yakka with an eighteen month old annually. Yes, so <laughs> that was fun. Um, and I think we'd been, we'd been, I've got family in Townsville, so we'd been up there. So I think they, it was a bit of a red herring, but they also mm. had the infectious diseases team mm. involved. They thought it might have been Ross River fever, right. and viral infection. Yep. Um, anyway, um, we left hospital um, with a horrible dose of antibiotics, but sort of summing up, do we need an IV? No, we can do it with the um antibiotics and um but then it got it got worse and worse and at this stage he's limping um all the time and he's in pain so I think two weeks later it was no this is it was worse we've got to go back and um same thing you know rushed in they opened up the knee again washed it out um ran more tests but and this time because we couldn't his veins were so trash they put a pick line into it yep so so that was a bit of an ordeal in itself, yes. but we got a line in and we stayed in for another two and a half weeks. But oh. we left the hospital really without a diagnosis, right. but they had a rheumatologist involved at the end. Uh. And um, and eventually I sort of, we left the public system and I said, oh, we don't have a, a paediatric rheumatologist in Canberra. All his specialists we don't have in Canberra, oh. um, which surprised me. So we travelled up to Sydney, saw um, probably the best paediatric rheumatologist um, and he cleared up that diagnosis. This is juvenile arthritis. Um, this is what we're dealing with. This is what we need to do. The, the D was really badly in bad condition mm. at that point. He wasn't walking properly. Oh, and he's 18 months old. Yeah. So he. When they're at their busiest. Mm. Oh, they are. Yeah. So he opened up the knee for the third time oh and aspirated it. Oh, my goodness. It, 
that injected some steroids this time and that was a real game changer. Yes. Um, and then by this stage we learnt more about arthritis. Um, so, you know, it's autoimmune disease. Yes. Um, each each time it had flared, it had been preceded by an infection, right. like a gastro or colds and stuff. So we learned a lot more about that. Um, and pretty much ever since he's he's had um, he's had four lots of joint injections now, where they open it up and aspirate it oh. and um, do joint injections. And he's been on um, anti-inflammatories, and it's, it's not great being on them. No. But yes. he's, um, this year he started um, methotrexate, which is we. <laughs> We avoided that for a long time mm. because I think a doctor in the hospital, when he was telling me about it, said, oh, you know, chemo drugs. Yes. Oh. So at that point I said, well, my kid's not having chemo drugs, yes. so no thanks. But, um, yes, once we learned more about it, they yeah. just, um, they're just they used in much um, less doses and yes. just to suppress that immune system. Yes, mm. and, right. Um, tell and is that working? attacking itself. Um, oh, it's mm. better, but better. he's mm. on it at the moment. Um and we've just increased the dose and I don't I don't really know where we go from there. Yeah. So we'll, we'll yeah. So he'll have to have anti inflammatories as well with the pain. But it's it's pain management for mm. you know, a now four year old trying yes. to yeah. trying to baby boy. Yeah. And um do you have to keep going to Sydney all the time or do you manage it? Well, in so we see a um we see a adult rheumatologist here. Right. Um, but we don't yeah, we don't have a pediatric one here. Um, and also there's an eye condition that's really closely correlated with arthritis that he has to be screened for regularly. Like it's serious. It can cause blindness yes, yes. and there's no signs in kids. So you, right. you have to see a pediatric ophthalmologist. Right. And again, we don't have one of those here, right. but um, this year, one of um, we had, we were seeing someone who flew in from Melbourne every month, but uh, COVID grounded her. Of course. Oh, of course. That never occurred to so, me. Oh, that's terrible. So then we saw someone in Sydney and they have since a couple of months ago, they come in and run a clinic here once a month. So we're on the books there. So we oh, should have to, yes. How um, did you handle that, we, the diagnosis? How, what, how, how did you feel? At that point, I felt pleased to have a diagnosis. Yes, um, yes. Um, it had been so long without it and we just knew our kid couldn't walk and it wasn't getting better. Mm. Um so I felt pleased, but also, you know, I felt once I like it's it's not it's not likely going to kill him, but it's going to impact his life for the yes, rest of his yes, life. Yes, and I, I'm not I'm not a clinician, so I'm going to fumble this. But he's got the sort of genetic markers that, that mean at 16 or 18 he's going to clock over from having juvenile arthritis to rheumatoid arthritis. Yes. So we know that it'll probably be a lifelong thing for him. Mm. Yes. Um, so. Yeah, well, look, I, I felt pleased to have a diagnosis, but, you know, I'm always wary of what the rest of his life is yes, going to look like yes. because, and this is a silly thing, but I keep coming back to it. He's a boy, like currency in the playground yep. can be running around. Yep. Yes. Is he going to not be able to do that? Yes. Yep. Like, yep. He's got a good we sense don't know, of humour, yes, so we, he cultivates that. Yes. We know that all those thoughts, yeah. Yeah, well, that sense of humour will get him through. Yes, Yep. And yes, people will be to him because of that. Yeah, yep. totally. Yes. Like, he's the definition of resilient. He really is. So don't, is. don't let anyone tell you yes. that he needs to be more resilient. No, don't. As we get into the school no. years. <laughs> That's just our tip. Yes, he's already resilient. He's already resilient. That's yep. a good tip. Yes. And then another baby. 
What's the age gap between your second yes. and third? Uh, three and a half years. Uh, okay. So so um, we were a bit gun shy. Um, yes. So we didn't think we'd try again and then I probably decided I wasn't done and Bruce said, well, I am, and that was an unhappy stalemate for a while. Yep. Yeah. But he came from the pub, came from the pub one night on <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> And he said, all right, let's do it. Okay, right now. Okay, see ya. (laughs) I said, well, don't get any ideas. I've got to take out uh, private cover and serve a waiting period. So it was was a bit of a, yeah, it was was, um, a very strange situation. Just a pub pub epiphany. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They happen quite often. Yeah, that's right. Often they're not really that great when you sober up. (laughs) What was her pregnancy? That's right. What was her pregnancy like? Um, I hoped it would be less awful and anxiety-inducing, um, but um, it wasn't, even three years on. No, it can't um, be. No. And um, this time, because it was more, um, we were a bit more in control of the factors, uh, we decided we'd go private. Yep. So um, we saw it, we found an obstetrician who we liked and he had midwives that we liked and worked with. Um, so it was she was probably my um, easiest pregnancy physically, yep. which was pretty amazing given I was a geriatric uh, pregnancy yeah, by that stage yep. and I am an old duck. Um, <laughs> You're not. But, yeah, she she, she was um, – it, it was a bit calmer, I suppose, but she wasn't a real wriggly baby and mm. um, there were signs – I think about the – it happened just before Christmas, so maybe from about 24 weeks to 28 weeks, her growth just – Mm. Uh, nosedive so she she went from hugging like the 15th percentile which is still small mm. to like dipping under fifth and mm. um, that's what we found out happened to Patrick he was growth restricted so mm. there were some hairy times and I think we were we were talking seriously about um, getting her out at mm. 28 to 32 weeks mm. but then she chunked up um, right. and uh, that was a real that was um, a blessing mm. um because this time around, of course, I didn't want to have a baby so early. Yes. Um, having wanted to get my second one out so much yeah, quicker, I, um, I didn't want to get her out quickly. Um, but yeah, she was. Um, it was. We had a planned C-section. You know, drove to the hospital in the morning. You know, sat around, had a baby by. Uh, went into theatre at eight and was back on the ward by nine. It was mm. a very different experience. And did yeah. you know she was a baby so. girl? We did. We yeah. did. I yeah. had the um, extra tests that tell you pretty early. Yeah. Um, no, I remember not quite believing my doctor when I, you know, <laughs> just, well, we have boys. We have boys, um, yeah. <laughs> that's right. So that was that was um, a nice surprise. I mean, I can't say that it's any different, but I think, no. um, yeah, look, I, I think I am pleased that I have a girl as well. Yeah, but, well, because yeah. once they're your baby, you're enough. pleased that they're. Yeah, that's so right. you can't really. The genders are relevant. Yes. Yeah, you're like it's this person. Yeah, and I love alive. this person. Yeah, yeah, yeah and she that's exactly and right. she came home with you. So how that's did that all feel that introducing them to each other? Oh, pretty magic. Mm. Yeah, he's um, he was he was saying the whole time, um, you know, oh, would you? I would ask him, would you like a baby brother or sister even before I was pregnant? And he would just say like. Pretty early on, he would have been two and a half or three at the time. No, just, and then he'd tell me his yeah. name. <laughs> That's all he wanted. Yeah. So we were pretty, we were pretty worried yeah, about how it was going to go down. But yeah. um, he's been very gentle and loving. Oh, yeah. Her, and she just adores him. Of like course, when, yes. Whenever he's in the room, 
she just yes. you know, could ditch any of us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, it is it is it's nice to have siblings if if that's how your life works out. It is yeah. nice. It's it a is. real I, privilege yes. to be a it parent. It's a privilege. Of, yeah, it is. It is a privilege. And one that we know yes. a lot of people don't get to have or choose not to, that's fine. But yeah, it is a privilege and especially for you. Yeah. We're glad. Yeah. Mm. Oh, I'm pretty glad too. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure that Kate and I have not asked all the right questions. Yep. So um, because we have not lived this story. Yeah. So is there something that we have missed that you would love to tell the world about Patrick and or part of your story? Just, um, I suppose, just to, you know, to not be, if you know, statistically, people are going to know someone who have lost a baby, whether that's through miscarriage or stillbirth or neonatal death, like, don't be afraid to talk about those babies yes. and ask about them, you know, all those, like, I think I said to both of you, I don't, I don't get to talk about Patrick very often, not mm. many people ask about him, so I love talking about yes. him. Yes, this you is know, his episode. people about his birth and yes. what did he look like and yeah. all that sort of thing, and I think that's really important because I think for most people, statistically, you're going to know someone who's mm. lost a child. That's right. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Well, we're very honoured. We are that very honoured. chose to talk to us about Patrick. I'm glad he shares the name of my dad. Yes. And... Um, yeah, everyone can listen to this story whenever they want. Patrick's story is out. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for letting me talk about him. Oh, it was lovely to talk to you. Of and course. thanks for driving from Canada to the Sydney, to Sydney show. to come to our live show. I thought you lived in Sydney. I feel wow. terrible now. <laughs> I didn't give you it enough was, kudos was, on the day. A week or two before Sam's. Yes. It was lovely. It was just before my uh, third baby was born. So yes. it was nice to get Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you. What a woman. Yeah, what a woman. Yeah, women are amazing. Women are, gosh darn it, amazing. Amazing. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you Thank so you. It was much. really good to talk to you. We'll yeah. be thinking of you tomorrow. We will. Thank you. All yeah. our love. Thanks so much. See you. Bye. Bye. I, how amazing was that? Oh, Wasn't it beautiful to talk to her? We She was so beautiful at the Sydney show with that baby growing inside her oh, and no. she just waited at the back and oh. said, I just want to give you this, Kate. Oh, Kate. Patrick Wine. Oh. I, she just made a huge impression on me. She's a beautiful person yes. and thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on. And also we're starting something a slightly different. We find that it's a bit confronting for our guests to be forced to say what <laughs> was Made a cry them. difference laugh. Yes. If they really want to do it, we're really happy. It's also really hard to do over Zoom because you yes. talk over each other and you're laughing. And yes. So, so we're just going to do some of it by ourselves now. So too bad you just got Mandy and I. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, I'll start. Yeah. Okay, so two things, well, more than two things. This week I've had a week of tears, but... Um, and I know we already spoke about this on the Snap P, but watching the Daniel Andrews press conference oh. where he said we could come out, oh. I think all of Melbourne cried. Not for the parents because it was 3.15 and so I was at school pickup. I know. See, I um, was yes. at home because Buzz and Woody finish at four. Well, they get off the bus at four. So I'm standing up at school. Sorry, it's your cry. No, no, no. And someone goes, he just said we can get out. Someone said we can get out. We can go shopping tomorrow yeah. or Wednesday. And I was like, what, what? And my friend Claire said she was driving in her car and everyone was honking. Oh. Just down the road honking yeah, because never she forget. said she I started like honking and then she realised, yes. Yes. And so you, and I watched the project that night and like Waleed and, and Pete, but they were like, we cried. And wow. I thought this, I think all of Melbourne cried. Yes. So we have our, our collective 
crying. Oh, yes, collective it was, crying. It was amazing. So that made me cry. And then the other thing that made me cry is I was talking to Buzz and Woody about the fact that Mandy and I had been nominated as Australian of the Year. And I said, the, the awards are on at this time at night. No one can have any internet. So you can't go on your iPad or your Xbox. And they were like, oh, okay. And I said, but I just, I want to let you know that Mandy and I know that we're not going to progress to the next round. So don't. Because they said, what happens if you win? I said, oh, well, we would have to go to Canberra and we'd have to do some talks, but we don't. We know that we're not going to and there's these really amazing people and I told them about everyone that was nominated and I said, there's this amazing neurosurgeon who's, oh, you know, um, helping people walk, you know. Yes. And Woody said to me, oh, but you do more than make people walk. It's okay not to walk. You make people happy. It's not okay to not be happy. Oh. And so that... <gasps> That made me cry and I thought that's better than any award I could ever uh, Really. Win. Thank really you for is. your incredible moment of clarity before you ran off, you know, and hid Nerf guns. <laughs> <laughs> well, the same cry for me is when um, they announced that um, Donna had won yes. and then I sort of, we waited on the Zoom for a bit and yes, then we... didn't we, know what we were doing. I didn't know what we were doing and then I came out into the other room and Molly came out and then she just had this look on her face. And then she cuddled me and then she burst into tears. Yes. And I said, oh, are you upset? Yes, I wanted oh. you to win. Oh, I love that oh, she wanted you no. to win, Mandy. She said I, I was. It. She said I was shaking. Oh, I love oh. her. She's just the best. <laughs> and then I said, it's okay. I said, oh, it's all right. I feel good about it. And yes. she said, you're just the best mum. Oh, oh, just. Gosh. Just. Oh. just. I'm so happy that she's so proud. I know. I'm so happy too. Yeah, yeah. she's proud. She's yeah. proud. So, yeah, that, that made me cry as well as everything. And out. I also got a couple of cards from people and some flowers at my door on that day saying congratulations. Beautiful. And just so, such a lovely words. Yes, yes, so lovely, uh, which leads perfectly segue into my make what a made difference. a difference. Um, two things have made a difference to me this week. One of them was we got an email from who gives a crap. <laughs> now, if you don't live in Australia, they are toilet paper subscriptions. So yes. you get a box of toilet paper delivered to your house. It's oh, recycled it's paper. It all comes in paper. There's no plastic. It's And it's called who gives a crap. And um, they donate profits to charity. Anyway, I love, I'm a who gives a crap gal. Same to me. And, and so was, when the toilet paper drought happened, we I was were very fine. smug. I was like, yeah, I've yeah got to, me I, too. I was giving it away. I was it's like, like you I've can got have 50 roll. rolls. Yep. Um, but they said, listen, we just have heard that you're doing amazing things. We don't want any recognition. We don't want you to talk about it on the podcast. Too oh. bad I am. Um, we'd just like to give some toilet paper to your families. Oh. Have you got five families that could use toilet paper? Yes, yes we did. Um, oh. And they love it. And you oh. will, if you... It's on. It'll be on today's um, Instagram and everything. Yes, You'll my see. beautiful friend's yes. little boy. I I, don't, I won't say his name, but yes. yeah, just wait till you see him and he says thank you. Yes, oh, and it's so I was just like, oh, oh, it was just the most just amazing beautiful. video to get. And yeah. who would have thought toilet paper could make such a difference? But it did. Oh my! I messaged. Um, yes. Four P friends, Kate Message One, and yep. they were just like, "Wow!" They're I like, know. "Look at the influencers." <laughs> <laughs> Listen, other people get fake tan, we get toilet. We paper. get toilet paper, <laughs> and I was just so pleased it was sent straight to their door. Oh, it was just, and he did it the next day. I know, and no I just... fanfare. And also, I wanted to say what made a difference: three bunches of flowers turning up on the day. Yes, of um, our nomination, and they are stunning. They're on my kitchen bench, yes. and I, I felt loved. Too. Me too. And beautiful it was beautiful. Amy, Thank my you. support worker, she oh. just 
Just the best. Just the best. Thank you. Yep. Oh, okay, and my make a difference is bizarre, but yep, that's okay. <laughs> I have started taking probiotics. Oh. And look at my skin. Have you noticed? <laughs> yes, actually. My skin has never looked so good. Probiotics are amazing. I'm like, okay, I know my friend Marianne is a naturopath. She'll be like, where mm. have you been for 44 years? <laughs> but I, you know why I realised? Because the bottle is like $50. Yes, it's and really expensive. And I haven't had money for that and before. And you have to keep it in the fridge. Yeah, and, yeah. so I just thought th- this probiotics is a luxury for me. Yeah, so it's a dollar a day and so I feel like yeah. I, it's not really, but it is. No, it is. And I just, I'm like, is this, I've battled with my skin for, so, I could cry for so many years. Yeah. And my goodness. <laughs> it's amazing. Not only that, um, there's a whole lot of other side effects. Like I know I've got a friend who had tinea for years. Right. Started taking probiotics. Gone. Right. So, so I know, amazing. look, I know a diet of Coke Zero is not <laughs> and <donuts>. conducive <laughs> to lots of great stuff, but I'm, I'm just really thrilled and I've decided as my self-care, I'm going to buy the expensive germs. <laughs> And <laughs> I'm going to do that, right? Um, I also want to talk about this little machine called Flawless. And it's a little, um, what are they called? Like, um, you know, to get hair off your body. Like Exfoliator? A, no. Oh, I have to peel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. are they called? <laughs> anyway, cool. just because for Molly has a little bit of hair like on her lips. Yeah, and yeah. And so it was a bit, I didn't want to talk to her with waxing no. or anything. This little machine is awesome. She Does tolerates it, it. Nope. And it just looks like a little lipstick and ah. I bought it from the shaver shop. So I just thought this could be handy for those of you with teen girls yeah. that you're needing to do like some facial hair ah. and it's, she tolerates it. Okay. So it doesn't hurt. It's just a little bit of tingling. Yep, yep. Yeah, and it doesn't grow back thicker or anything because I'm, you know, thinking down the track, do we do laser for yeah, things? Yeah. And, you know, she's just that age yeah. where you just don't want to do anything that's going to upset no, her. No, it can be so her choice. I thought, yeah, yeah, maybe if we find the little, if I can find the flawless Yes. thing from the shaver shop and it's just you know one little battery and oh, awesome. um yeah we just i do it as well i say look i'm gonna do my little mustache and do your little mustache. <laughs> so she won't mind me telling you that because it's um it's really changed her face yeah beautiful. and it's not traumatic no that's right yeah okay go laugh okay so um i've had a whole lot of things that made me laugh but one of them, and I'm not going to go into it, but a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman that was nominated um, for Senior Australian of the Year, Lorna. Yes. Her video on oh. Zoom, Mandy and I were laughing because she was just beautiful. Everything about it was beautiful. It was like someone had made a prop of what a 90-year-old woman's kitchen would like. <laughs> I laughed heaps when Andy Lee recorded his, and then a zero comes along. <laughs> when Melbourne got a day of really zero. Good. And then the funniest thing was Mandy and I were on ABC Conversations and um, I texted mum and I said, oh, we were on. And she said, her reply was, very good. Fruit mince tarts are in Woolies. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you stay humble, bitches. That, these mums, they're keeping, if you think we're getting big heads, I our never. mums will never let us. Never, never. Never. <laughs> never. She rang me and she was like, someone said you were on the TV. I said, I told you. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> The best. I love it. I know. You know, so funny. Well, I just have to tell this story. Um, I got an email the other day from my friend Suze who listens and she says, we've got a meeting for the netball club because netball is going to start up in a couple of weeks. It's on at 7.30 on Tuesday the 27th. Um, Could someone go to it because I've got another Zoom meeting. And I wrote back and said, (laughs) I am laughing as I write this because I don't want you to think I'm up myself, but I can't do it because I've got the Australian of the Year award. (laughs) 
My Zoom's better than yours. <laughs> and so she wrote back, that is hilarious. But then my friend Erin writes and goes, well, I'm laughing too and I don't want you to think that I'm up myself, but I've got a Zoom meeting for the kinder committee. <laughs> This morning I said, were you successful in the kinder committee Zoom last night? Because we we weren't successful. <laughs> just I laughed for ages. Oh, that's good. I love it. People are so funny. Yeah. And as I said on today, Extra, if you've seen us, um, Molly did come home after doing a protective behaviours course talking about, today I learned about condoms. And she just kept telling us about <laughs> condoms, condoms. It was, it was funny and cute and, you know, she was... She was kind of worried about it all. So but that's what that's what gets taught at special schools in the protective behaviours and I'm really thankful for that. Yes, so very, very thankful. It was a little bit funny and then it was a lot of, yeah. And a then it, of- that's right because it's the same night as the awards. So I tucked her into bed, I gave her a big kiss and she said, what a day, awards and condoms. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd just like to say that probably at the Oscars those two things do go probably. hand in hand. <laughs> I texted her teacher that she said she has the best sense of humour, that one. She really oh. does. <laughs> Oh, thanks for anyway. sitting with us. Thanks for listening to beautiful Patrick's story. Yes, remember um, him. Remember, always remember Patrick. Yeah. And rate and review. Thank you to everybody who supports us on Acast and go and buy our merch. Patrick's birthday is the 29th of October. Yes, every year. Yeah. So thank you, Pete. Right, Bye. Bye. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.